Welcome to Destiny Moments with Angel Murchison. Today on the broadcast, I have Brian Lake from Hagerstown, Maryland. Brian, thank you for joining me today. Well, thank you for inviting me. Um, it's a great honor and privilege, so, and it's good to, good to be with you again. Well, Brian, um, you're known internationally as a, a preacher, author, motivator, an entrepreneur, and you have uh, been on, uh, you've appeared on Sid Roth. Um, you're doing a work that is global. Tell our listeners today about the book that you penned, Open Doors. Sure, absolutely. Um, it, it was inspired um, probably a couple of years ago. Um, and if I go back a little further, it, it really goes back to um, God shows up in my life a lot of times, you know, just small little things, but signs. And I remember years back, um, I asked God, I mean, just, I was just young in the Lord, but I wanted God to just, um, just fellowship with me, spend time with Him. And I got into a place where I asked God, I said, God, wake me up tonight. This was years back. I said, wake me up tonight. And I want you to wake me up at 3.33 in the morning. And so that night came, and I was laying, laying there sleeping. I was actually laying on my belly, and I, I knew God woke me up. I woke up, and my head was away from the clock, and I knew God woke me up. And I turned to look at the clock, and the clock said 3.29. And I said, God, I asked you at 3.33, and I heard him so clearly he said, Brian, your clock's wrong. So, anyhow, I got up that night, and I fellowshiped with him in my prayer closet. It was such a, a tremendous time of a sovereign time in my life where he was showing up. If I turned around, I, I felt his presence so strong that I thought he'd be standing there, and this lasted for, for a long time. But anyhow, over the years, the numbers 333 has shown up in my life literally everywhere I go. I get hotel rooms, I get, um, I see it on license plates, clocks, you name it. But God is showing me, you know what, you asked me for 333, but there's more meaning to it because Jeremiah 33.3 talks about it, that he's going to show us great and mighty things that we do not even know. And so, um, it was probably about a year ago, I ended up um, traveling and I was going to this hotel room and the numbers on the door was 333. And the key card that I was holding in my hand, it said this. It said, open doors, doors you never knew existed. And I remember opening that door and standing there, and God began to just, through that little thing, begin to speak to me and was birthing something, birthing this book, birthing revelation through that just one little thing in my life. And from that, um, the book kind of, um, came forth out of all that little thing that God was speaking to me with about. But again, 333 has showed up in my life so many different times. Still does to this day. That's great. Oh, yeah, amen. I want to ask you, you talked about, well, about the presence of God. And, mm -hmm. you know, we we desire to to live in His presence um, the Holy Spirit lives within us, and we know that today God is is changing things um, in the church. You talk about in your book about resetting the church. Can you talk to the listeners today about that? Yeah, absolutely. 
One of the things that God spoke to me here, uh, that, that's actually in the book, how things are changing. I mean, the way we used to do church isn't what God's doing now. I mean, we've just come through a season, I think the body of Christ, even globally, has come through a transition where God is, is really um, tearing down what man has built. There's been a, a transition take place, um, in, I believe, in churches, again, globally, where there have been people that have left and repositioned and, and just a reshifting of things. And I think we're on the other side of that, but now we're rebuilding. And we have to be close to Him and hear His voice in this time of season because what He's doing is strategic. And He's finding, I believe, the remnant people um, during this time to rebuild His house the way He wants His house. And one of the things that the Lord said to me, and it wasn't that, that I had the answer, but he was asking a question. He said this. He said, why hasn't my church progressed but the world has? And he shared two things with me, and, I, and I'll share that with you here real quick. He said, the number one reason why my church hasn't progressed is because of unsurrendered hearts. Because my people, he said, choose to follow the world their agendas, the things that they're doing. He says, you know, I'm a jealous God. He's a jealous God. And we know that in, I believe it's in James 4, 4 and 5, that he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us. And I think churches have been trying to have intimacy outside of covenant. We want the things of God, but we, we don't want the intimacy with him, the, the relationship, the friendship, that intimate time with him. Revelations 2.4 says that, Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. I think the church has left their first love, and he's bringing us back to where all that's left is him. We have to have him. I think we've been in a place that we've had all the stuff, the splendor of the kingdom, but we didn't want the king. But God is bringing us back to a place, and he's, he's not only working on the church, but he's working in us first. He's working in our hearts. And God's saying, I want you to love me like when you first loved me. I want you to love me more than TV. I want you to love me more than Facebook, more than the world, more than what you want. I want you to love me first. And... Everything else is second love. He wants, I, Mark, Mark 12, 30 says, I believe it says, that you shall love the Lord, your God, with all of your heart, which is a surrendered heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and all your strength. This is the first commandment. And I, I believe also we've entered into a place of, of um, Matthew twenty four twelve because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. What kind of love is going to grow cold? Our first love. And it's because of, of a rebellion, it's because of sin, because we're too busy, and because we don't have a surrendered heart. God's wanting our hearts back. Because when we first got saved, we were zealous, we were on fire for God, but somewhere, because of the trials, because of all the stuff that maybe some of us went through, we've allowed our first love to weaken 
The second thing God told me why churches aren't progressing is this, and I think this is key to the next move of God. He said, because my churches, pastors and leaders, that they have locked up my spirit in my temple. And I asked God, God, okay, you got to expound on this. We, we place the Holy Spirit in a place that we don't allow him to move freely in our churches. And one of the scriptures that talks about that is in Matthew 21, 12, and 14. And let me, get, let me actually read that to you, if that's okay. Wow. Verse, verse 12 says this, it says, Then Jesus went into the temple, drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple, overturned tables of the money changers, and the seats of those who sold doves. It says, And he said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a house of, den, of thieves. Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. So the question really is, who are the money changers? And here's, here's where it is. Here's what it means to us today. Again, he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. We know the doves represent the Holy Spirit. But the seats here, when you translate that, it means the men who occupied those seats, men of influence. In other words, they were the pastors, they were the leaders, making it easy to bring sacrifices. So it was the leaders. And we can look at today that we have leaders making it easy to bring sacrifices. Back then they were selling offerings because people were traveling from coming from all over. So they wanted to make it easy for them. And, and that's what we have today. We have our, our, our churches you know, in general, but we have churches, we have our our service, it might be an hour long, it is so programmed, we might have 20 minutes of, of worship, and then we get up and do the announcement, so we know what to expect, because we have our own agenda, we have our own program, but God's wanting to take back his house again, and back then, they they begin to drive out the money changers. I think what God is doing and has done here, he's driving out some money changers, he's fake preachers, he's driving out the fake worship leaders, the fake deacons. He's cleaning his house again. Mm. And in Matthew, again, it says that he turned over the tables into dove cages. The next verse, I, I love this, it said that, that the blind and the lame came to the temple and he healed them. Now, the dove cages was literally was literally the priest and the pastors putting doves in the cage. Again, the doves represent the Holy Spirit. Jesus is saying that we have locked up his spirit. We put the Holy Spirit maybe in the back room of the church. If you want to pray for somebody, we, we, we'll keep the Holy Spirit back there, but don't speak in tongues out here. Don't do it out here, but take it to the back room. We've locked up the Holy Spirit. We put him in the back room. We don't want him manifesting in our main service because what happens is it, it might run some people off. 
but God is, is, is changing things. He's wanting his house back. And I love this about doves, because on the doves, I actually got two doves in my house. I got, we just got a, a dove because they represent the Holy Spirit. I wanted them, so my daughter and son-in-law bought me two doves. But doves on each wing, on the left wing, they have nine main uh, feathers, parts of the feathers, nine main parts. On the right, they have nine main feather parts and, and five main tail feathers. And again, the dove represents the Holy Spirit. So nine main tail feathers or wings on each side, nine on one side, nine on the other. So nine gifts of the Holy Spirit and nine fruits of the Holy Spirit. And guess what? They're, they are what steer. The wings steer, move, and lift the doves. And the five tail feathers represents the fivefold ministry, prophet, apostle, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. And the tail feathers of the dove is what brings balance to the dove. And without the nine gifts, without the nine fruits of the Holy Spirit, and without the fivefold ministry, the dove cannot flow freely in the temple, in our churches. So we have to have the Holy Spirit in our churches again. But the problem is that we've allowed our leaders to lock up the Holy Spirit. And let, let me just add this here, because here's what happened. Jesus comes into the temple and he knocks over the cages. There were doves in the cages. When he knocks the cage over, the cage hits the ground. The cage door comes open when it hits the ground. And what happens is those doves that was in the cage are freed when the door comes open. The doves come up and begin to fly around, and the lame and the sick that was outside the temple see the activity of those doves. They see the activity of the Holy Spirit, and what begins to happen is they begin to get healed. The scripture says that the lame got healed, the sick got healed. We can't see the manifestation, the miracle signs and wonders without the Holy Spirit. So when the cage hit, the door opened. Wow. Well, Brian, I've heard people say that their church is like a business. And it sort of shakes me up because we know that the church is supposed to be about God's business. It's not about lining pocketbooks and things like that. It's about, it's about God's business. Now, I do believe God gives us creative ideas to help mm -hmm. um, supplement our income and to, to do, um, you know, to, to profit us. He's given us, um, but the church is not a business. Am I accurate in that? Um, yeah, I, I mean, yes, I definitely agree with that. But also within the church, you know, we have to have stewardship. And, and I think some of that what some are referring to is the stewardship, you know, just being accountable, you know, with the finances, with things like that, that we, we can't be um, misusing funds and things like that. So you, there has to be, um, I guess, some business uh, skill, I guess, but not to make it a business. Right. If that makes sense. Right. And, and you know, you know, even for me, I, I think I shared this with you before, um, my heart was never to take a salary from the ministry, 
because I didn't want to be influenced by um, money. And so God has opened up different streams of income into my life outside the church business because business was, um, you know, anointing that's been all my life, and I've, you know, God used me in that. So my income comes from outside the church. I don't take a salary from the church. I have different streams of income that comes into me to allow me to minister the gospel, to go anywhere God sends me, not based on a financial arrangement. So I don't have to go into a place and say, okay, how much are you going to pay me to come? It's not like that. If God tells me to go, I'll go. Amen. So, Amen. Yeah, it keeps myself free. Right. It's sort of, it's like the, you're out of the cage, the John eight thirty six, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Exactly. Yep. I want to ask you about prayer. We know prayer is important. We know that, um, like you said earlier, our, our the church is supposed to be a house of prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, most prayer meetings today in our churches are very, uh, they're not well attended. Talk to me about that. Um, prayer is, is, is important, but it's also critical. In order for God to move here in this realm, on the earthly realm, He has to have prayer. Um, prayer really builds the foundation of everything else. You can never have a successful um, ministry or in any part of your life without the foundation of prayer, because this is where we we um, communicate with God. This is where we converse with God and strategize with God. God speaks to us through that. Um, but I think also... What's important is that we pray in the Spirit, because we're praying that perfect prayer. And I find myself praying a lot in the Spirit, because I'm praying ahead of my situation. I'm praying ahead in different areas. So so if there's something that I can't see coming in my life, like an obstacle or, or a challenge or um, orchestrating something, I can pray it out in the Spirit now. And so when I get to that place in my life, it's already worked out. So um, in our church, we, we have put prayer as a priority. Um, we start every service, um, pre-service with prayer. We call it the Arise service, and we have a team that's there praying before church. We have a group that's even when I'm ministering. I have a couple intercessors that's praying while I'm ministering as well, too. And it creates a freedom in the atmosphere um, because, you know, there's there's... There's evil spirits, there's different spirits that's, that's trying to come against us. But if we are not praying, um, you know, we're just inviting them into our life. Hmm. But prayer is, is a foundation. And I spend a lot of time, and I don't normally share this, but I do spend a lot of time, you know, praying, but fasting as well. You know, every service that I do, you know, I'll, I'll fast. I, I call it a lifestyle. It has to be a lifestyle. Prayer and fasting needs to be a lifestyle. Hmm. I agree with that. I do the same, like the first three days of every month, myself and a prayer partner will fast for the first three days um, just to seek the Lord, to, to find out what's on his heart, what what directions, what what kind of things he's leading for that particular month. Um, but there there is not a lot of prayer and fasting today. It seems that, that the, especially the fasting part, that has sort of gone by the wayside. But it is very much important, isn't it? Absolutely, because, you know, again, like I was saying earlier, we've made everything easy for people people coming to church. You know, we have our worship teams that have been sacrificing, practicing, you know, spending all that time 
we have people that's been praying, and all the people have to do is come in and sit for a little bit and listen to what we've sacrificed. But there's no sacrifice um, from the majority of the people, the body of Christ, because sacrifice, you know, is where it begins. You know, look what Jesus did for us. He sacrificed. But we can't even take an extra, you know, 15 minutes of our time and give to Him in prayer. Mm. And if we if we would start doing that, our life, our 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 circumstances, everything would begin to, to change. You know, the Bible says to seek ye first the kingdom of God that's right for them. We just haven't put Him first. If we put Him first, um, we we would see a major difference in our life. But we're too busy. We got too many things going on in our life. We have this we got to go do. We have this we got to do on this end. We got to take our children to this and all of these things. We get caught up in the world, and God's saying, "Hey, just wait a minute. Put me first, and all these other things will work out." Mm. But we'll keep, what will happen is, if we don't put Him first, we'll continue to be chasing our problems, trying to fix our problems, and they begin to mutate in our life. But if we put Him first. A lot of times we don't even have to ask him to fix things because he's already ahead of us fixing them because we put him first already. Mm. Amen. Amen. Well, Brian, your book, Open Doors, where can uh, people get uh, a copy of this or and how can they get in contact with your ministry? Um, yeah, I can give you, um, if, if they want to order a copy, they can call our office, um, which is 240 347 4891 and if they call there they can order a copy there through our office and you also have a website www.brianlake.org is that correct that is correct yep okay well brian um it's always a pleasure to have you on the broadcast and would you take a few moments and pray for our listeners today i believe god is opening doors uh, for many of our listeners he's opened the eyes to hear or open the eyes to see and the ears to hear what the spirit of the lord is saying would you take a few moments and pray for them sure absolutely lord i just come before you in the name of jesus lord i thank you i thank you for all that have um, participated in listening here today lord that you are doing something in their life and lord what i believe that you are releasing upon them lord is, is the anointing for open lord the anointing for open and what that means is when God releases it upon your life, just like it did me, everything that has been um, shut down, closed up, everything that the enemy has held back from you, God releases the anointing of open, that everything in your life now begins to open up. And he opens doors that you never knew existed. You didn't know those doors were there, but he opens those doors for you in this time of the season. And he opens your doors that no man can shut. God is opening things up for people listening right now, opening doors that have been closed down, shut down. But when he says he opens doors that no man can shut, the only kind of door that is, is a door that is open and has no hinges on it. No man can shut that door. God has set that before you, and you're going to walk through that door into another dimension of your life, another dimension of your relationship with him another dimension of of family restoring i just i really sense that god's restoring families even people listening right now there's 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 a mother that's crying out has been crying out 
for their, their her children, and God is answering those prayers right now. But Lord, I just thank you, and I ask you, Lord, to open every door that needs open. Lord, close the doors that need closed in people's lives also. And Lord, give them the desires of the heart, Lord. But Lord, bring us closer to you. Lord, as we pursue you, Father God, Lord, you, you come closer. We draw near to you. You draw near to us, Lord. Lord, my desire, Father God, is that everybody that's listening, Lord, release that anointing for hunger, Lord, also. Hunger, Lord. That we have a greater hunger for you, that, that you stir the gifts up within us, Lord, and you use us in a mighty way, Lord. Lord, I thank you. I give you the glory, and I praise your name. Amen. Well, thank you, Brian. And thank you, listeners, for joining me today. Tune in again next week for another broadcast of Destiny Moments.